Welcome to podcast number 14 of Practical Wisdom from ACP Financial Advisors, a monthly program about creating and operating a successful financial planning practice. We're a presentation of the Alliance of Comprehensive Planners, known as ACP, a community of tax-focused financial advisors operating under a unique retainer-based fiduciary business model. I'm your host, Ken Robinson. On our show today, an exemplary holistic financial planning practice from vision to reality. As certified financial planner certificates, we've all had some education in common about what goes into a comprehensive financial plan. But there's a lot of variation from firm to firm in the process of creating and delivering that plan. So what makes an exemplary financial planning business? How do you provide unbiased fiduciary advice with a commitment to creating a reputation of excellent client service to advancement of diversity in both the firm's client base and in the industry and to giving back to your community? Our guest is Kristen Mosmiller, EA CFP, founder and managing partner of North Avenue Financial Advocates, a fiduciary fee-only planning firm with offices in Columbus, Ohio. Together with her business partner, Chandler Fugit Laws, Kristen has created an organization with an uncommon emphasis on principles that go beyond just business success in personal financial planning. Kristen, I'm so happy you could speak with me today. Thank you, Ken. I'm so glad to be here with you as well and very impressed that you were able to pronounce both my last name and Chandler's last name correctly on the first try. (laughs) Why don't you start by telling us about uh, your days in financial planning before North Avenue? So I went to Xavier University and I was a double major in finance and marketing. And so that kind of led me into the financial world. I started out in a role that was um, coined an apprentice financial planner, started the CFP program at Xavier. And the company that I was working for at the time really placed the idea of succession planning and potential ownership in my head early on. I was very fortunate to be able to sit in on client meetings off the bat, preparing custodial paperwork and other items for meetings. They were an AUM-based company, so they charged a percentage of assets under management. And within just a few months of my career, which was in 2008, the market went down substantially and accordingly their income went down, you know, 15 to 20% likely around that time. And so three months in, I was laid off from my very first job. <clears throat> wow. Uh, so what was uh, what was your next step? Yeah, so I was pretty fortunate that quickly thereafter, my father found an insert for the local financial planning association in Columbus, Ohio. So I emailed every person on the board of directors and happened to receive a response from one of them. He shared that he was a partner in the company and they were hiring an assistant to financial planning. And just so happened that everything that their assistant to financial planning needed to do for them was what I had been doing for the last three months at my original company. I was also pretty pleased to see that 
over half of their income was coming from retainer fee clients as well. So it felt like there was probably a little more stability and why they were able to hire at the time. So I was pretty vocal from the beginning about you know, my goal to get my CFP, that I wanted to become a lead advisor and that I was interested in becoming an owner one day. And they appeared to be receptive to that. And so I really hunkered down. I had to drive back to Cincinnati once a week for my CFP classes, one Saturday a month. And then was a little surprised as I paid for my exam, study courses, travel, that they weren't interested in reimbursing me, which kind of stuck with me. The feedback they gave me was, well, they weren't hiring me to be a financial planner at their company. They were hiring me to assist within financial planning. So from there, I really focused while I was working on my experience requirement, just reading as much as I could, gaining continuing education, networking with people, and Over the next year or so, I was speaking up a lot in client meetings, sharing things that I'd learned and become confident in soon after I had my CFP designation. And from there, we were transitioning about half the client that I was working with, with that advisor to myself. And the thought process at that company was he could focus on business development and so if I was taking some you know, clients away from his workload, he'd have more time to do that. And the argument that was being made at the time was they had a number of younger employees, including myself, and that we'd have more opportunity for ownership in the company one day if it was growing accordingly. So he focused on business development and I was transitioning the other half of the clients. And in fact, there were actually a a few that requested to stay working with me. And by the end of that first year, there were some personal reasons that came up that the advisor ended up leaving. And by the end of that year, I had transitioned the remaining clients, retained 100% of them while working on increasing fees and was the lead advisor on about half the clients um, in that company I was working for. About how many clients uh, were you responsible for? So I had a little over a hundred retainer fee-based clients. So providing investment management and comprehensive financial planning. And then there were another 40 AUM-based clients who were just investment management. And there was another lead advisor partner in the company who worked with about the same amount as me. And this was how long after receiving your CFP certification? Back then, the experience requirement was three years. So I was starting that transition within months of obtaining the designation, and it would have been about maybe a year and a month after getting the designation that I had transitioned all of those clients. It sounds like kind of a trial by fire. Yeah, I I mean, I was pretty heavily involved in the relationships for the three years that I was getting my experience requirement. I was pretty, pretty vocal, but it really allowed me to gain the confidence of the clients over those few years. So by the time they were being transitioned, 
it was very smooth. It was just kind of calling them up and saying, hey, here's what's going on, but I'm still here to take care of things and, you know, make sure you continue to receive the service you have been. And they all responded comfortably to that. So it worked out pretty well. And that that retention rate, uh, you know, 100% retention rate, that speaks for itself. Not everybody can do that. You know, what a what a testament that that you did. What led you to look for a different way to provide financial planning? As things moved on, I was really concerned about how to advise clients, the type of service to provide, and how we could continue to retain them, especially because I wasn't, you know, the advisor on all of the clients. I wanted to make sure there was consistency across the company with the client experience. And the feedback I was getting, as I was, of course, still very much interested in an ownership path, was that rather than focusing on improving the experience for the existing clients, they really wanted to focus on business development. And they just you know, lost the advisor who was supposed to have that focus. And they were really looking for me to be a bit quieter about my opinions, less vocal. And as a young female, I suspect I wasn't viewed as someone who could be successful at business development yet. So they were really looking to hire someone that could excel in the business development area. And the communication that I was receiving is that once they hired that person, we would likely be on the same ownership track. They ended up hiring a man who was a bit older than me, who brought in some AUM-based clients of his own and quite a bit of trailing commissions, which made things a little more confusing to me because we were already trying, I thought, to tackle that issue, and we were still calling ourselves fee-only. And as he started with the company and I was continuing to kind of express what was important to me, he told me in front of the other partners that he didn't care if the CFP board was upset that we were marketing ourselves as fee-only. They could just take his designation away, and that was fine with him. So that was kind of a turning point for me because I wasn't an owner yet, and I really needed my designation to have a successful career. I mean, no one was going to hire me if I didn't have that credential behind my name. I'd hope to you know, probably be a more substantial owner just due to the, the income that I was responsible for managing and the clients that I was the lead on. And so when they presented me with the ownership opportunity for a much smaller amount, it didn't even really matter at that point. You know, I was already looking for other opportunities and it was really less about the percentage and it was more about working with people that had my values and that I could trust. I think they could have offered me 50% by then and I, I still would have been been gone. Right. It, it was a, not the right uh, relationship for you to carry out your professional vision. Exactly. So um, uh, you found something that ended up working better for you. I did. You know, I was looking down a couple different paths. I had built a lot of relationships with other advisors in town. So I was talking to some of the larger registered investment advisors that I knew, but really felt like it probably made more sense for me to go to a smaller company where I could have more of a voice and an impact. So I 
literally went to Google and I looked up every single company I could find that was doing fee-only financial planning, hoping to find maybe a, a place that was a bit smaller, but that had my values. That's when I found Partnership Financial. You were with Partnership Financial for how long? It's a little less than five years. They were very appealing. I found out about ACP through them. In fact, their founder was a founding member of the Alliance of Comprehensive Planners. And so they had a really great story of, actually, they built independent solo businesses themselves. And these advisors came together to form a partnership and saw themselves as forming a partnership with their clients. And I learned from them that they charged not only on retainer, which I I really liked given my prior experiences, but they were very tax focused. And I saw a lot of value in tax planning from my work with clients so far in my career. And the value of the ACP model of serving clients really appealed to me through them. And probably what I'd say appealed to me the most was that they were just so honest, transparent, caring about my prior experiences. And I felt like even though I was you know, younger than them, that they saw my potential and they treated me like an equal right away. You know, we ultimately kind of ended up deciding to go in in different directions. But I think, you know, we could both see the benefit of amicably separating, helping each other out and having our own separate successful practices. And we're both very motivated, you know, within that flat fee tax focused model that ACP provides that, you know, we don't have to view each other as competitors when we're separate companies. Like there's plenty of clients to to work with and just so glad that we still talk now and then and, and can remain friends even after parting to separate businesses. It's one of the interesting things about ACP that I've heard over the years when I was concerned about, oh no, another ACP advisor is going to be opening up their practice not so far from where I am in in Cleveland. It was uh, my colleagues in Columbus who said, you know, it seems like every time another ACP practice opens up down here, all of us get more business. And I've I don't know how that happens. Maybe it's something about greater awareness, but it's uh, comforting. There does seem to be plenty of need to go around, and uh, none of us seems to be sitting around waiting for work to do. Exactly. I think that there's a lot more people that need us than there are us as advisors. So there's no no shortage of, of work to do, and I mean, that's ultimately how North Avenue came about is because, you know, under Partnership Financial, we just had so much growth (laughs) over a number of years, and that that really helped with the formation of the company. So let's talk about North Avenue. And the first thing that leaps out, I think, is that you named your firm North Avenue Financial Advocates. In 20 years of fiduciary financial planning, I've never seen any other firm describe itself with that term. So why did you choose financial advocates? 
I think, you know, as advisors, we're focused on doing what's in our client's best interest. And we felt like an advocate was a word that was very appropriate for the work that we do for our clients, say particularly with a new client when that relationship first forms, who may have accounts in a lot of different locations, different custodians, each with different rules and paperwork and tax consequences to consider. We find ourselves, you know, on the phone with a lot of different companies and helping them navigate and communicate with these different parties, gathering information so they can make informed decisions. And that really feels like we're advocating on their behalf to get them in a good place and very focused on that educational piece so they can make confident decisions about their financial world. And of course, we're always encouraging them as well to do so. What a brilliant insight. And I think it really very clearly expresses the depth of the service that your clients can expect from you. Looking at your website, I think you get a a real sense of uh, who you are as people and as what's important to you and to Chandler. Why not just focus on the services you provide or the benefits that you offer like so many other firms do? So as I mentioned earlier, our we were very intentional about our name and accordingly also about our website marketing. We worked with a company out of Cincinnati, Ohio, and his wife was also a fee-only planner with very similar values to us. So he, um, and his name's Mark Surkamp, he had a very unique idea of how we did business and could really help us craft a brand that fit us. And I think you know, why our website is less about a list of here's all the things we do is because it's really important to us to live and be vocal about what our values are. We wanted to make it clear that while our service offering is unique, we're also not your typical financial planning team. It is possible to work with a company that has significant experience and expertise without seeing a list of, you know, older men on our about page, which is just more more common with other financial planning websites. You know, people of color, LGBTQ plus and female professionals are pretty severely underrepresented in our industry, as well as I'd say our client bases. And we wanted a website that would appeal to more diversity within our hiring and accordingly, you know, diversity within our client base as well. We also wanted to use the website to really emphasize our level of service and the type of experience that we provide. So it's what's allowed us to successfully transition 100% of our clients to North Avenue. It's also allowed us the opportunity to increase our fees significantly at the end of last year. We really tried to make them more in line with industry standards. And you know, still, even with those fee increases, we just lost one client after one year of being in business. And So it was just really important to us to show that in our website. That's the way to to have the opportunity to add a lot of value for clients is when the advisors and the other people on the team feel like they are doing what motivates them and what's interesting to them and where they feel good about making a contribution. In that same way, you've been involved, Kristen, in, in volunteer efforts both in the profession and outside, it's clear that you're you're motivated to to give back. And, and I think that's noteworthy in the financial world that's so often focused on gain and profit. 
why is it so important to North Avenue to be focused on giving back? I think, Ken, that giving back is just simply ingrained in who we are. I'd say that from a young age, you know, my mother made it very clear to me the privileges that I was born with, born in the United States, born white, with married parents, with good jobs, and that other people were not as fortunate. And that my first responsibility was to make myself independent, in her opinion, through education. And I think her view at the time was so that I wouldn't be dependent upon having to marry a man to support myself. And that once I'd done that, I could do whatever I wanted to do. And her communication to me really inspired me to want to give back, particularly to those who weren't born with the same privileges as me. And it was when I met Chandler that I met someone with a similar strong mother as well, who instilled those same values in her. It's just never been a question. You know, giving back has to be a part of who we are. And having a successful business is, it's a good opportunity to do more. Because otherwise, you know, what are we doing here on earth if we aren't trying to make it better? It's refreshing to see the personal values that are so important being reflected in the firm and on the website and and uh, not as not as an add-on, not as an adjunct, but just woven through why you're here in the first place. Good, good. Sounds like our intention worked. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's, you can't read your website and wonder who North Avenue is. You leave with a, a, a sense of, you know, who are these people, not just what can this firm do for me. And it, it brings to mind that you've taken such an intentional and conscious approach to creating your business. How much of your vision would you say you've realized so far? We have a pretty pretty big vision that we'd, we'd like to accomplish and we'd like to have more diversity. I think right now our next step is that, you know, because we're fortunate that we were able to get fees to a, a more reasonable place while still being competitive, we've got the funds to now hire uh, two full-time staff. So we're, we're really looking forward to going through that process and making sure that we're adding more people to our team that fit the vision and that can be, you know, a part of, you know, our own small way of improving the industry. Mm -hmm. Great. That's fabulous. Do you, uh, do you feel like uh, you are uh, now in June of 2020, as we're recording this, do you feel like you're where you wanted to be by this point? Yes. <laughs> we have big goals, but we, yeah, we did, we did pretty well last year with the focus on increasing our fees. We also partnered with an investment management company as well called Asset Dedication, just to really help us with spending minutes on the comprehensive planning side of our work, the tax focus. And we found that this partnership allowed us to kind of, without physically bringing in an investment team, really adding a partnership for our client relationships where they're spending their time working full-time on investment research where we can focus on the planning. And I don't think we saw ourselves doing that 
quite as quickly, but we were just in a good place at the end of last year to be able to do that. And so I hope that'll help us continue to kind of speed along with our goals. So in some respects, ahead of schedule, if I can put it that way. Oh, yeah, that I, I completely agree. And I think something else that has been valuable, and I know you've found value in this too, Ken, is working with a business coach as well. Chandler and I worked with Joy Euler, and I think you have as well in the past. And um, we've worked with some other coaches too, but it really helps to keep you accountable and on track. And when you have a partner, it's also very helpful to make sure that you're communicating regularly together and you're on the same page. So we've we've found that to be be very helpful. You've also been uh, an ACP member for years now, both before and after the founding of North Avenue. Um, what keeps you coming back to ACP? How does ACP help you to be a better planner? So, I mean, it's it's a clear answer. I mean, the, the reason that we keep coming back to ACP is the community. We were giving such holistic advice that, you know, there are times where things come up that we're just not quite confident in our first response. And to be able to say that we have a community of very competent, holistic advisors across the country that are more than willing to lend their insights and their personal experiences is invaluable. And our clients know that, like they, they know we're a part of ACP. They know that, you know, while we benefit from having multiple advisors, there are things that come up we haven't seen and that we can reach out to others and get a fairly quick response because the community is so strong. And again, not viewing each other as competitors, but really wanting to help your fellow advisor succeed. Um, I think that's pretty priceless. Yeah, I I find the the same thing. I think it's you know it's no secret inside ACP or out how strongly I feel about being a member of of that community. And we may practice in somewhat different ways, but it's based on a common understanding of what it really means to be a genuine fiduciary what that word has meant for centuries, regardless of anybody's attempt to change its meaning through some regulation or through some agreement, there's something about putting the client first that when you encounter other professionals who agree with that approach, you want to stay in touch with them. <laughs> At least we do. And and uh, those values that we share overcome any differences in whether we prepare taxes or don't prepare taxes, whether we make the investment decisions ourselves or whether those in, uh, investment tasks are being delegated to a partner organization like Asset Dedication, the values that we share make it really easy for, for me to turn to someone and say, so you're an expert in thus and such, which I encounter only once in a while. Can you help me think through this? I'm sure I'm not the first to notice that your office is located on High Street, and I looked online and found there isn't a North Avenue located anywhere in the city of Columbus, Ohio. So tell us the story about why you're North Avenue financial advocates. <laughs> so Chandler joined Partnership Financial in about 2016, and we were really working 
side by side for the next year as we were onboarding about one to two clients a month. And about a year later, summer of 2017, Jim Chandler and myself were attending an ACP conference in Chicago. Jim is uh, Jim Davis from Partnership Financial in Columbus. Yes. Yep. So the three of us head out there together. And at that time, you know, we'd been adding a lot of clients and we'd hired two new support advisors, someone to help Chandler and I, and also someone to provide more help to Jim. And Chandler was, you know, well on her way to getting her CFP. She was within that two-year experience requirements. And we really needed a clear vision for the company. And so Chandler and I had, you know, offered to to work on writing that up for everybody. And we took some time outside of the conference to work on it. And we ended up at the Roby Hotel, which is a nice little artistic hotel in the Wicker Park neighborhood of Chicago. And we spent the day walking the neighborhood, eating some Cuban food and kind of talking and discussing, you know, everything we wanted out of the company for five years, 10 years, 30 years, and really building that vision for ourselves, but as well as our team and future hires. And ultimately, I think you can probably figure out now that what ended up happening is that our vision ended up being just a little bit different than I think what Jim and Rob were looking for. And that's what led to our our amicable separation. But as we worked with Brandalism, the marketing company that I mentioned, he really helped us kind of discover our story, how we arrived at this moment. And as we told him about our experience at the Roby Hotel, he was trying to come up with different names. He shared that the Roby Hotel was on 2018 North Avenue. And we didn't really know it at the time. thought it was a little funny because we were having this discussion in 2018 as we were founding our company, we thought, wow, that's kind of ironic that, you know, the address matches with the year and something about hearing the words North Avenue, it just kind of clicked. It felt, I always think of the word North as being very forward, progressing, positive, you're heading in the right direction. And it just, it just kind of fit. And it's nice because it, it really connects us back to that special moment that Chandler and I shared, you know, now almost three years ago. In the very name of your business, you have a reminder of the experience that had the two of you saying, this is what we want to do. This is how we're going to move forward on purpose with so much intention. A lot of practices can learn from how you went about this. And it's been so great to see your success And uh, best wishes for continued success as your vision. uh, I'm sure you'll continue to meet more and more of your vision as you go forward. Well, thank you, Ken. You've been listening to Kristen Mosmiller, EACFP, founder and managing partner of North Avenue Financial Advocates, a fiduciary fee-only planning firm with offices in Columbus, Ohio. There's a link to Kristen's website in our show notes. This is podcast number 14 of Practical Wisdom from ACP Financial Advisors from the Alliance of Comprehensive Planners. ACP is a community of tax-focused financial advisors operating under a unique fee-only retainer model. In 2020, 
ACP's celebrating 25 years of training advisors in the practices and tools of a comprehensive process rooted in the uncompromising values of fiduciary fee-only planning. Our members are pioneers and innovators who together have perfected a unique retainer-based, tax-focused, comprehensive approach providing a distinct alternative in the financial planning marketplace. ACP offers a lower-cost associate membership for those who want to learn and apply ACP's methodology prior to becoming certified members. For more information, call 910-769-1569 or visit acplanners.org.